Welcome to the Modern Mommy Dog Podcast. I'm Dr. Whitney Caceres. I'm a full-time pediatrician and a full-time modern mom. I speak and write about equipping mamas to raise resilient, healthy children and to invest in their own social-emotional health along the way. Each week, we'll give you the practical tools you need to win at parenting without losing yourself. Okay, welcome back. Right this second, I am in my car using my phone as a hotspot with my Yeti microphone perched on the little console and my computer on the passenger seat. And I'm holding my little pop filter that makes it so that you can't hear when I breathe quite as much. And the reason I'm telling you that is, A, if the sound sounds slightly off today, that might be why, but I bet it won't because we're on the hotspot and technology is amazing and it's cool to live in 2021. And two, because the reason I'm doing that is because I made some decisions today around what was the most important to me and where I wanted to spend my time. And I had a choice between recording this podcast at my house or doing a 30-minute workout, basically dance party, where I was (laughs) dancing around to all my favorite 2000s dance club tunes and sweating out and getting my endorphins up and beating the rainy day blues that are happening in Portland over and over and over again these days. And I chose doing the workout because that was the thing I knew was going to serve me today. And I'm telling you that because every single day we have these choices that we make that are about what's our priority? What's the thing that's going to be feeding us the most? What's the thing that's actually going to allow us to not feel like we're just treading water over and over and over again with tasks and to-dos, but what's the thing that's actually going to help us move forward? And I knew in that moment that actually spending the time taking care of myself and doing something that brought me a ton of joy and that got me out of my head and allowed me to be more creative and have more energy was the thing that was going to do that. And so here I am in the car recording this podcast before I pick my daughter up from preschool and then spend time with her just hanging out. And I was thinking about how I've been able to make those decisions. And next time on the podcast, we're going to skip a week. Next week, we're going to chat with an organizational expert and someone who is really passionate about helping working moms find direction. But so we'll come back to it after that episode. But so we're gonna we're gonna talk when we when she's on after she's on about how do you develop that navigational beacon inside yourself? How do you attune to what you're feeling and be able to make decisions that actually don't lose sight of what you want and what you need? But the other part and piece of it is 
having a framework for where things fit in your life, all the things that are around what at Modern Mommy Doc we cutely call your centered circle. So all the things that matter the most to you, your center points, the things that are your goals and your vision and your passion for your life, for where you want to be in five, 10 years. Or another way to think about it is when you're 80 years old, what you look back on and feel like really strong and confident and satisfied with. And then around that centered circle, we know that there are all these things that still are part of your life, but don't have to own you, you know, but for so many of us, and for me for so long, they did own me. They made it so I never accomplished anything that felt really meaningful in my day-to-day. And I ended my days feeling really purposeless and like there wasn't a whole lot to live for. Like, sure, I have my career and I got my education and I help patients and that's awesome. But I, I felt like, gosh, at the end of the day, my life is a pile of laundry, laundry tasks and patient notes and all that. So today I'm going to tell you about this framework that I developed. And I put basically all the things that we don't want to encroach on our centered circle and the things that matter, the things that make us us but they have to get done into a box that fits tightly around that centered circle. So imagine that with me. And in the right-hand corner, I put the non-negotiables. These are the things that only you can do. They have to get done, only you can do, but they need a time and a place. They need to have an actual spot on your schedule because most of the time they are repetitive things that need to get done. So for example, in my world, these are patient notes, patient emails, documentation that has to happen. And I was thinking about where in my life that I learned this strategy or had this concept or had this foundation for making sure that every single thing has a place and a time that is kind of a mundane task. Uh, Katie Matuski, who has been on the podcast before, go back and listen to that one. She's from Entropy Organized. She talks a lot about the difference between tasks and projects, which is totally mind-blowing. And tasks are like these things that keep on repeating, repeating, repeating. Laundry. Notes, right? And how they have to have for the tasks a time and a place in your life, or else they they continually run your life as opposed to projects, which they need their own time and they need their own space and you need bandwidth for them, but they're not as crushing as the tasks. So thinking about how this came down for me and why I, why I have gotten skilled at it over time. And I think it's because my dad, who was a high school teacher, he had this philosophy that he would grade his papers in between classes and after school, but that he would not bring his paperwork home. He was a U.S. history and economics teacher. And he just had this philosophy that family time was separate from school time. And I am sure that there are some times that he had an exception to that rule. But generally speaking, he kept a pretty tight schedule with that. And I remember I would have to walk over to the high school after junior high and go sit there and hang out and wait for him to be done doing this, that my options were to do my homework or 
once I got old enough to go on a run by myself in the neighborhood and get some exercise. But we weren't going home until that stuff got finished. And it didn't take him, you know, a super, super long time. It was maybe an hour or so of time that he spent doing it. But I find myself doing the same thing. So for my notes for my patients, so every time I see a patient in clinic and need to document what happened there, I either complete it in between patients for a couple minutes. So if I have a 20-minute appointment, but it only took 18 minutes, then I might spend the extra two minutes documenting. Or in the first 10 minutes of my lunch, or at the very end of the day, before I go home and my family and get in the car. And that has served me well, because then when I walk in the door, I'm not thinking about the notes anymore. They're off my plate. Same thing goes for laundry. This is a perfect example of something that needs a time and a place. So I highly, highly recommend, Mama, do not do laundry all week long, right? Buy enough socks that you don't have to do laundry all week long. And then pick a night. My night is Wednesday, 7 to 9. On Tuesday, starting in the morning, I start putting in loads of laundry and I finish them out all the way through Wednesday. And then I dump them on a big easy chair in my basement. And then from 7 to 9 on Wednesday nights, I go through and I fold and put away and hang up all the laundry. And then I let the laundry sit in the laundry baskets in the laundry room or in the kids' rooms until the next Tuesday. And I don't touch it because I don't want to be crushed by laundry. I'm sure you can think of something in your life that makes you feel like you never, ever get anything done because you're always doing the thing that doesn't matter. Those are the non-negotiables. And some of you might be thinking, well, I don't have to be the one that does the laundry. That could be somebody else. True. For some of you, that's absolutely true. For me, you know, as my kids have gotten older, absolutely, I could get other people involved in the laundry. My husband could do it. But when it comes down to it, both of us need a way to make it as efficient and productive as possible. Another way to make things efficient and productive in those non-negotiables, like dinner has to get on the table, right, is to do some meal planning one time a week. Set it out so that you're going to make it as easy and quick as possible. If you especially are a working mom, mama, you do not need to be a gourmet chef. Either you, unless you enjoy cooking, and this is like your love language, and when you come home from work, that is the thing you want to do, you should 100% feel free to please throw on some chicken skewers and some veggies and some rice or bread or pasta and call it so good for your family. You can be nutritious without it taking a super, super long time. It's coming. Our new book will be here before you know it. The Working Mom Blueprint comes out May 11th, 2021. We hope you'll grab your copy. It's available for pre-order right now at amazon.com and it will be available May 11th wherever books are sold. Which leads me to the next corner, which is in the right lower corner, which is the swappables. And these are the things that have to get done, but you are not the one that has to do them. And I want to give you so much permission, please hear me, that you are not the only person that has to be the home manager 
in your house. If you have kids that are old enough to do chores and to have responsibilities, please, please, please give them chores and responsibilities. If you have a partner, please, please, please give them equal footing on the chore and responsibility list. And I have heard some pushback on this. I get it that sitting down with your partner, because I always talk about family business meetings, sitting down and saying like, hey, what are the things that need to get done? Okay, you do this, you do that, that that still puts it on us as women. Aye, aye, aye. I wish we were in 2090 and that things were like so much more evolved in our workplaces and our homes. Wish my husband would take the initiative to create a task list himself, but he doesn't, right? I'm a modern girl in a world that is still a little bit archaic when it comes to gender roles. And so the next best thing so that we don't have arguments, so that we create more equity, and so that we work toward that idea of equity, and so that my husband understands all the things that need to happen, is that we sit down quarterly, we write down what are all the things that are on our list we need to accomplish, and then we divide them up. And yes, sometimes I'm the one that makes the lunches instead of him. Yes, I take, I feed the dog when I you know, don't want to sometimes when he's gone on a business trip, right? So these are not hard and fast rules, but it just means generally speaking, who was responsible for completing that task. That will help you. These don't have to be expensive things, right? Automating and delegating, swapping out things can be as easy as you have calendar reminders that tell you when an appointment is so you don't have to keep it in your mind. It can be that you have auto bill pay so you don't have to do that. It can be back to the cooking and dinners. It could be something like having a meal delivery service like Sun Basket or HelloFresh or Blue Apron or one of those that allow you to get a quick dinner on the table without having to think about it. It just comes in the mail, right? A house cleaner. My goodness, if you can afford a housekeeper, please get a housekeeper if you're a working mom, right? During COVID, we have not had housekeepers. <laughs> we didn't have a housekeeper for a long time. My husband was like, what is going on here for himself and for me? He, we just understood how much better someone is at completing that task. That's well worth our money. And the thing is, every single thing in life is a trade-off and a benefit, has a trade-off and a benefit, right? So we have a house cleaner, but then we don't have a fancy car. We get the Blue Apron or the Sun Basket or the HelloFresh, but then we don't eat out as much. So all of these things can be fit into any budget. And I want to just remind you, we've said it before on the podcast, anyone who tells you, you can have it all, every single bit of everything, you can go out to eat all the time and have a fancy car and have fancy clothes and have a hopping social life. And you can like feel like you're killing it at work and at home and you can clean your own stuff and be a domestic goddess. Like, no, those people have money or help, right? So just remember, right? Keeping it real in that department that most people have to make choices and sacrifices. And that's totally fine. You just choose the thing that you care the most about. I care the absolute most about having actual dinners with my family. And that means if I want to have a dinner where we all sit down, it means someone else has to do part of the prep work or it has to be really easy and simple. That's it. That's it. 
left lower hand corner are the contaminators. And these are all the things that we sign up for, that we say we're going to do, that are extras on our plate that feel like a really good idea at the time and then make us more stressed or fill up our calendars and kind of add fluff and make it so maybe we have to rearrange schedules that we feel chaotic, that we're busy, too busy. And I'm going to give you a couple examples of this. One is something that should have been really good. When my oldest daughter, McKenna, when she when she experienced the school closures that came with COVID last spring, she had a terrible time. I've talked about it on the podcast before. I mean, talk about needing grace and needing people to come alongside me and you know, having just some really down moments with her and feeling like a failure as a mom and having to come back to myself and think about like what matters and to work a ton on being okay with having restorative moments with her instead of perfect moments all the time. And so her behavior got pretty out of control and she was having a lot of regressions and we tried to arm ourselves with support people which was great. So we had a therapist for her to work on those behaviors. We had a therapist that worked with my youngest daughter and with us to try to cope with just the impact of being a sibling of a kid who had some really severe challenges. My husband and I saw a couple therapists because absolutely what was happening in our family damaged our relationship and put a strain on it. And then we each individually were seeing our therapist. So all in all, I think we had eight therapy sessions a month. And it was too much, right? Of course. I mean, you're listening to this going like, obviously it's too much, but at the time it felt like more is more because we just need people to come alongside us. We need like friends. We don't even have any friends right now because of the quarantines that were happening. And we felt like in some ways that's just a way for our kids to see other people and us to see other people. But what happened is We'd have to arrange our schedules, so we'd have to be home in time to have this session with someone, which would keep us from being free to do what we wanted to do and would make me more stressed. We would have to distract our kids with toys or with more computer time or with watching a show in order for us to accomplish doing the therapy sessions for my husband and I. And it backfired, right? Soon it felt even more stressful to do this thing that should have been helpful. So we had to make this decision. We looked at our calendar. I looked at our weeks around what things do we need to cut out? What things are a little bit too much? If that is feeling super heavy for you, I'm so sorry. That is totally where I just was at that moment and what I learned. There are other less heavy things that we can take off our list too right? My work wanted me to be on the social committee and to make sure that there was an executive, a physician who was on the committee just to make sure our culture was represented, especially for our holiday party that we have every year. Because it's a big event and we usually put you know funds into it to make sure people feel special. Okay. So I said yes. And then quickly I found myself being asked for commentary on things like jelly bean counting contests for Halloween and, you know, who should get a token of appreciation at the summer picnic barbecue at the zoo and things that are absolutely lovely, but just are not totally the thing that makes me tick. And 
I have other responsibilities within my organization that I think do use my talents and my skills better, right? But I felt obligated. So every every month on you know Monday, I'd be there at 12.15, just not paying attention as well as I should, feeling resentful that I didn't have a lunch and being part of this meeting. And so I had to just say, I'm sorry, but I'm just not going to be on the committee for the social committee. And instead, what I'm going to do is say, I can come twice in the fall as we're planning the holiday party and give my input and make sure that there's a voice from the executive team, right? That fit my needs so much better, but it wasn't this extra fluff. So maybe yours are PTA meetings or your kid's fifth extracurricular activity, or maybe it's extra appointments in the name of self-care for you but that end up making you feel like you're actually not relaxed and enjoying yourself. It's not like fun for you. It doesn't feel like a gift. It actually just feels like more stuff that you need to do. So what things are causing you stress? What things are actually enjoyable for you? And I monitor this one just day by day based off when I look at my day, when I look at my week, when I'm thinking, oh my gosh, this is so stressful. What do I need to cut out? Because my tendency is to fill things up, to be more busy. I think it's because for a lot of us, being busy keeps us distracted from our real feelings, keep us, keeps us distracted from having to just sit and be still, right? So I'm really good at making myself busy. And in fact, there's this like hum that happens inside my body when I'm busy where I feel like, yeah, I'm producing, I'm being so productive. But then at the end of the day, I feel really drained. So one is I'm just kind of constantly monitoring for that and then readdressing based off what we're going to talk about at the end of this series, which is really getting to know myself and understand the feelings in, in my body, the sensations I have in my body, and also the feelings that come up in my head, the emotions that I have. And then the second is doing a monthly audit where I look through my calendar at the past month and say, wow, what meetings did I have? How do I spend my time? How do I want to spend my time? Is that how I want to have my time next month? Or do I want to make a shift? And being really intentional around what shifts need to happen to actually align with my purpose and give me more time inside my centered life circle. And then finally, on the left upper hand corner are the heartstrings. And these are things that we all want to do. They're things that are important to us, but that do eat away at our main purpose and goal and intention. So These are things like if there is another person who is a mommy blogger and they just want to pick my brain for 20, 30 minutes, right? There's nothing I'm going to get from it. There's no collaboration that's happening from it. It's just me being a mentor to someone else and goodwill towards them, right? Those are things that don't completely line with my overall purpose, but they sure are important to me. I I want that. Of course, I would want that from, from other people, right? And that's just kind, kindness, human kindness. Second are things like, you know, having lunch with my dad, right? Making time to be with my dad during a busy week when the kids have a lot going on and I have a lot going on and I want to make sure I stay connected with my dad, but making that time to sit down and be only with him can be a challenge. And so I have to set those times up with a couple things. One, with a buffer around them. And this is the same for you, right? So that I'm not 
quickly dropping my child off at preschool. Then I'm quickly going over to my parents' house and seeing my dad and taking him to lunch. And then I quickly got to leave to go do the other thing because then the whole time it's still like a to-do on my list. So I give it enough time. The second is that I try to make it so that it will really work for my schedule so that I am not setting it up at a time where I know it's going to be stressful for me that I'm picking the moment during the week that it's going to be the least impactful. And I know that sounds maybe a little calloused, but it's actually helpful for me and the other person that I'm helping, the other heartstring thing, the other heartstring person, right? Because I want to be fully focused and present as much as possible during that time versus have it feel like I'm resentful or like I, I, wish I wasn't there or that I'm distracted. I want to make sure that I'm fully attuned when I'm there. Similarly for my in-laws, we love hanging out with them. They're such great people. And also my kids are challenging and my oldest has a really hard time with being in new situations and in having no structure at all and in just hanging out. And I love going to their house and being with them there and seeing family. But generally speaking, she acts up and we have more difficulties. Same thing when they come here and visit us. Usually it's not a great week because everybody's kind of off their game. And so we've made a decision to try to make it as much as possible that if we're going to spend time with them, we really plan it out. Like, let's go on a fun vacation to something together. This year, our hope is that we'll be with them. You know, if, man, please, if the travel lets up, if it's possible, right, that we'll go to an island with them and be able to hang out with them on a beach where there's a pool, where there's sunlight, where the kids feel like there's something fun and exciting to do, where we can feel just relaxed, that we don't have to entertain or help my kids to cope with someone invading their space, with them being in someone else's space, where it's kind of this neutral ground where we're all excited to be there and everybody's looking forward to it. So that's the framework that I use to really differentiate what is the pull on my time and what on my energy and what box do I need to fit it into and how do I need to address it? And there are a million productivity experts out there, efficiency experts out there, calendar planning experts out there, uh, people who are really great at using all the technology and the apps and all of that. And I don't have any one service or app or thing that I say, this is the answer. If you use this, my gosh, your life is going to be perfect, right? There are amazing apps out there. I mean, like Google, yes, they have all my data, but man, they're amazing for (laughs) syncing everything together. So there are some amazing tools. But what I have found is those tools on their own can sometimes just add to more chaos, to more to-dos, to more places to check, to make sure that I am getting everything done. And without a framework that I'm less whole and complete and intentional about keeping my peace to steal from Robin Arzone from Peloton, which, okay, 
if you guys have not done a class with Robin Arizona on Peloton, if you're on Peloton, please just run over there and do it, right? She's the best. She's so inspiring, but not too mean on it, which is just what I need. So she talks just all about, all the time, about what is the thing you need to do to keep your peace? How how are you going to basically preserve your sense of self? And that's what this is all about. Like I said, next week, we're welcoming Cheryl Ann Skolnicki, who will be with us to talk about productivity and efficiency and living your best life. And then after that, we're going to come back to this idea of putting yourself at the center of your circle. How do you do that? How do you listen to yourself? How do you give yourself kindness and stop being such a mean critic of yourself when you mess up or even when you don't get enough done or when your day doesn't go the way you want it to, when life's not going the way you want it to, how do you come back to yourself? And also how do you make room for you, for your feelings, for the things that are the most important to you? And how do you act as your own navigational beacon in times, not just of awesomeness and tropical vacations and you're on top of the world, right? How do you come back to yourself and have your own navigational beacon in times of extreme stress and chaos? I will see you guys then. Hey mama, if you want more of the Modern Mommy Dog podcast, make sure that you click subscribe so you don't miss any episodes. We'd also be so honored if you shared with your friends and on social media with the hashtag Modern Mommy Doc. If you share about something that inspired you or that you learned from the podcast, we'll be sure to share it on our social media as well. Thanks for listening.